highly offensive and indecent material. This is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... The one, the only, Adam Sank! Bottom. Whoop, whoop! Yes, hello, welcome to the Adam Sank Show, bitches. We are not live, but this is a brand new episode. If you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern, Saturday, January 22nd in the year 2022, we're almost done with the coldest, bleakest month of the year. Here at DNRstudios.com and the DNR podcast app, the DNR cast app, I should say, those are the only places you can hear this podcast throughout the week that it first airs. If you're listening anywhere else, please, for God's sakes. Leave us your ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts or whichever audio platform you use. Our most recent review is from October. That's like a quarter of a year ago. So please, if you're a listener, if you like the show, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, leave a fucking review. That's all I need you to do. Also, like the Adam Sank Show Facebook page, download my comedy albums, get your official ass merch at adamsank.com. And remember, you can call the ass hotline anytime you want, even when we're not on the air, at 804-TALK-ASS. Also, please get vaccinated. It is your only protection against getting very sick and or dying from COVID. Our guest today is a hilarious comedian, someone I have known and loved ever since I started in comedy, but she's never been on the show before. Her name's Julia Razi. We'll be talking with her in just a few minutes. But first, I'd like to officially welcome, for his first time as, uh, as, as the co-host of The Ass, Mr. Steve Cesaro. Hello, everybody. Steve, are you, are you excited for your first uh, official show? I'm so excited. I don't know if you uh, you can feel the smile coming through the microphone and into your ears, but I am smiling uh, from ear to ear, and I'm just so happy to be here. And uh, you should know that just before we went on the air, Steve was Googling Christopher Maloney <laughs> uh, because Ryan said that was his celebrity crush, and but he wasn't. He was Googling the wrong person. He was spelling it Maloney like the Irish spelling. Instead of M E L O N I, and he brought up some queen who is not hot, and he was like, "Really, you guys think that this guy's hot?" And we were like, "Yes!" And then he showed us the picture, <laughs> the biggest painted eyebrows you could ever imagine on a straight man. Yeah, it was very bizarre. I, I don't. Like, this is the wrong man. Chris Maloney. That we like. Uh, that sound you heard is our beloved producer, the queen of fuckery, JB Bercy. Welcome back, Hi. JB. One week into being 29 years yeah. old. I also take offense to you say the, uh, um, if you call this the bleakest month of the year, it's my birthday month. Fuck you guys. Well, baby, <laughs> my birthday is February 23rd, and I hate my birthday for the same reason. Like, wintertime is just tough to get it is. people together and do something fun. And January is the darkest, coldest month of the year. I mean, Unless I'm not you live making in that a warm up. weather climate place where you have no code. Correct. And you're just loving your birthday. By the way, I, I realize I've already fucked up. Uh, this show, it, is not airing on January 22nd. It's <laughs> no, premiering on January 15th. I'm telling you, oh. dates are hard for me. <laughs> so this is a brand new episode if you're listening on Saturday, January 15th. If you don't pay, then you're probably listening on Saturday, January 22nd. Right. Okay. Right. So we're going to start the show with an important question for both of you. This is very serious. Okay. Do you like shoving things up your ass other than dicks? I only like dicks up my butt and tongues. Dicks and tongues. If it's not a tongue or a dick, it don't go up my butt. So does that mean, JB, that you don't own any toys, any butt plugs or no, dildos? Like Romain is giving me butt plugs. I'll give me a vibrating butt plug. Different story. Oh, wow. But no, I wouldn't use a normal butt plug. It has, it has to have friction. It has to have some sort of vibrating. But normally you don't but use no, anything. Nope. Steven. I do love, you know, as a bottom. I do like dicks up my bottom. Um, and I go through phases. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'll use a dildo, and I have one very large, big black dildo. Um, you okay, know, sis. <laughs> that I enjoy using. Why it gotta um, be black? Right? Well, that's the color choice. The way I she have. said it, though, she's I have this very large. Like she wrote, she's reminiscing about it. She is in between her. It's like damn. <laughs> my acting career, you know, I bring back the memory, and I feel it going yes. in me as I describe it. Um, but no, you know, I, I, I so it's in phases. Sometimes I like using those things. Most of the time, I just like using a real warm, blood-flowing penis. Mm -hmm. Well, mm. that's that's a little creepy. Yeah. And plus, you know, the <laughs> thing about toys is like my favorite part, uh, and my favorite part about having a dick inside me is feeling when they not. It's a great feeling. That is my oh, interesting. It's just a great feeling because yeah. you yeah. feel like you did a good job, right? <laughs> Satisfaction. <laughs> I like that sound. I like the balls <laughs> slamming against the. <laughs> bottom of your butt anyway um 
I too, and I've said this before on the show, I'm not a toy person. Yeah. Never have been. I love uh, some dicks up my ass. It has to be the right shape and size. It can't be too big or too small. Boyfriend dick. Very much Goldie Cox. My boyfriend's got the perfect dick for me. Um, But the only time I ever played with my butt alone is when I was like a teenager and I used to sometimes insert one of those oversized like Bonnie Bell lip gloss chapstick things. Yeah. I used to use a cucumber. Oh, right. You know, that's they're, big. they're nice and well, they're nice and smooth. And, you know, sometimes the cold gives you a little rush and you just, you know, we have a mutual friend who shall remain nameless. Someone from the chorus who is really into butt <gasps> play. Yes. I and know. his collection of dildos is shocking and astounding. Some of them are like bigger than an arm. Now, I've heard this person. And he uses all of them. Uses a cone. That... He has sat down on a cone. I can't. Can you? I know exactly what you're talking about. No. And I don't know I, how he doesn't become incontinent. I also like my butthole to stay in my butthole shape. Please Me too. But he says it's a muscle yeah. and that he believes he is more controlled than he ever did because of years of training. I would, like the Olympics, I would say. <laughs> He's an Olympic bottom. <laughs> right. I would say that that's probably pretty bottom. true because you have to have so much control to bottom, right? Especially if you like different sizes. Like you have yeah. to know how to either let go or grab on. Um, so yeah. I can only imagine. Well, and he talks about like your second, um, second your pole. second sphincter or mm-hmm. your second re- rectum, which is like really way up there. And if you can get it past that point, then you have a pleasure you've never known before. You can come without touching yeah. yourself. I'm like, you know what? I'll take your word for it. Yeah. I don't want to wind up in the hospital. Yeah. You don't want to fist up your ass? Oh my God, never. Oh God, no. <laughs> Honestly, getting fucked for me is like 90% psychological. Yeah. It doesn't. It's not that it feels so great to me. It's that the idea of a man's dick inside me and feeling him behind me and pushing and yeah. like that's exciting. Yeah. But when I'm by myself, never. Anyway, the reason why I ask this question is because as we do every year, we are going to recount the Consumer Product <gasps> Safety Commission's list of things people got stuck in their rectums in 2021. Oh, uh, Okay. Now, the CPSC comes out with this list every year, but it's buried in like a a giant sort of data dump, if you will. And there is an intrepid journalist named Barry Pasheski who every year digs out the data and writes this up for various publications. Um, So shout out to Barry Pasheski. He's been doing this for a decade. Uh, Here are all the things people got stuck in their rectums in 2021. Uh, We'll stop and discuss some of them, but there's a lot. So I got to go fast. A bottle cop. Excuse me, a bottle cap. That sounds painful. A plastic soda bottle. Quote, was joking around with friends when joke was taken too far and a can was put into his rectum. What the fuck? You know, a as, great joke. As you do when you're joking around with your friends. <laughs> hey, everyone. Watch me shove this beer can up my ass. Um, a click gel pen. Bronze handle of a tool. Two batteries, because one wasn't enough. A glue bottle. Um, here's a quote, went to sit down in the bathtub and sat on a plastic bottle of bubble bath that went into his rectum. We always know that's a lie. <laughs> we know. You can't accidentally get, unless you're dropped from a height of like a thousand feet onto your ass, you cannot accidentally fall onto something like that. That was actually All that mutual think- friend of ours who could just <laughs> Yeah, well, he could probably. All I'm thinking is that, I don't know if you guys ever seen this. Uh, image on Instagram or TikTok where the guy's sitting on a stool and the stool <gasps> kind of pops and goes in his butthole. Yeah, that's all I'm thinking. Like, only some shit like well, that. Well, now I have to watch it. that. Um, flathead screwdriver, Phillips head screwdriver. They would both be incredibly painful. I hope they were using the handle and not yeah. the yeah. point. Uh, tooth, toothbrush case, pump action plastic alcohol dispenser, bar of soap. Not the worst thing to get stuck up there. Uh, at least it, you know, dissolves in water. Rolling pin. Holy fuck. That hard wood. Like turning it, trying and to get turning out. it, it trying to make cake inside your cakes. Uh, quote, states that he and his wife were having sex when she placed a rubber penis in his rectum and it broke off. That also sounds a little sus. Wow. Yeah. Uh, stuck toilet, stuck Plastic toilet paper holder in rectum during sexual encounter with partner while intoxicated. By the way, I should mention, these are all people who showed up in emergency rooms with these problems. That's how they know about them. Um, Quote, reports was playing with my wife. 
quote-unquote, when the cap of an aerosol can became dislodged and stuck in his rectum. What play with your wife <laughs> results in that? All right, now we have a lot of balls, a rubber ball, a squishy ball, a stress ball, a billiard ball. Uh, when I mentioned this to our friend, he said he's taken, he has pool ball, pool, you know, billiard balls that he's stuck up there. And I'm like, what that's so dangerous fuck? because you can't get them out. There's no bottom to them. And he's like, no, I get them out. Um, quote, patient states was attempting to hold a ball in his gluteal fold and believes it got lost. Not 100% sure that ball is in rectum. How are you not sure? Uh, a toy dinosaur, a toy dinosaur, a toy rocket, puzzle pieces, like a jigsaw puzzle. Why? Why? Sis, why? That's where that missing piece went. <laughs> right. Imagine you're trying to complete this where thousand piece it? jigsaw puzzle, and the last piece is in your ass, and you're oh. like, "Where? What happened?" <laughs> I can't find that last piece of the hot air balloon. And with one um, sneeze. <laughs> some marbles. A Hexbug robotic toy. Quote, states that he and his friends had a practical joke going on each other this time. He was sleeping when his friend put a dildo in his rectum and now unable to get it out. Yeah, that's called rape. When you're asleep and someone inserts something into your body, that's rape. You should uh, report your friend. You're yeah. absolutely right. But, you know, this is what these straight people find funny. I don't get it. Sis, I don't get it. I don't understand how gay things is the top of straight humor comedy. It's well, it's not funny. That's sexy. Well, the truth is, <clears throat> they're not. it's not that it's funny. They really just want to do it, and they can't say they want to do it, so they make a joke out of it. That's how most of the sex I had with boys in middle school and high school happened. It was like, hey, let's, let's like, isn't this hilarious? Let's show our dicks to each other. Oh, I dare you to touch my dick. Oh, my God, yeah. you did it, et cetera. That's how sex happened when I was young. Totally. I remember. Yeah, that. I, I was very it. upfront even when I was young. I was like, why, why do this? Do you just want to touch it? Let's, let's just play doctor with each yeah. other and see what happens. Like, <laughs> see what happens. Uh, okay, a shampoo bottle, a lotion bottle, hairspray. This one's gross. Quote, having trouble going poop, so he placed a mechanical pencil in his rectum. Patient now unable to remove pencil is sticking out. He, I know which, he put it in the way with the eraser pointing up, so he just gets stuck <laughs> like a fish hook. Well, now he can write with his ass. <laughs> oh he should like draw a picture and he could sell it as like ass art. Dear diary written by my <laughs> this is ass again. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> uh, magic dice. The head of an action figure. Tweezers. Why tweezers? Those don't belong in any orifice. Scissor tongs. Uh, a towel. <laughs> a towel with a sock over it and a glove over the sock. How does that work? Homemade squishy dildo? Yeah. But fabric doesn't go inside easily. Cotton, the fabric of our ass. The fabric of our ass. <laughs> Axe body spray. Probably they were trying to make it smell better. A 12-inch knife. Handle first. Oh, thank God. Uh, quote, was drinking with friends and believes that he may have placed a nickel and a dime in his rectum. Uh, a light bulb. This happens frequently, and it's one of the most dangerous things you can shove up your ass because if it breaks, you've got thousands of little glass shards <sighs> in your butt. Grass, as in grass from the ground, and a golf tee. <laughs> I don't know how you could even get grass into your butt. Uh, carrot, okay. that's similar to Steve's yeah. cucumber, uh, but skinnier for you beginners out there. Right. <laughs> a lottery ticket. It was the winning one, and they'll never know. <laughs> How about, like, you're so afraid you've got the winning ticket, you want to hide it, and you're like, here's a place no one can ever get at it. My ass. That is insane. And the last one is, quote, foreign body in his rectum. He states that he believes it is a vape and is not answering any further questions. End quote. Wow. Once again, if you're planning to shove something up your ass, it should be a toy that is designed for that purpose. Yes. And... In other words, if it's a dildo or, or a butt plug, there should be a base to it. 
or a, or a set of yeah. fake balls, something that stops it from disappearing into your ass. You do not want to wind up in the emergency room, especially during a COVID pandemic. Um, and just, uh, you know, consult your doctor before sticking blades of grass or golf tea up your butt. So we're going to move on to this story. We've talked a lot on this show over the years about pronouns and people who are fluid and non-binary. And um, now there's a new thing, that I, new for me, that I didn't know about called neo-pronouns and xenopronouns. Either of you know what those mean? I don't. So uh, there was a really interesting article in the New York Times. It was actually several months back, but I just discovered this. A neo-pronoun is a word created to serve as a pronoun without expressing gender. So, for instance, Z mm -hmm. instead of she or he, or zer instead of his or her. Um, I believe Justin Vivian Bond, the cabaret performer who yeah. used to be Kiki, and it still is sometimes Kiki of Kiki and Herb. Uh, I believe Justin uses Z and Zim. Yeah, I do believe that's true. Um, it's basically an alternative to they, them, theirs. And I personally would prefer it if non-binary and fluid people could could land on one that isn't they, them, theirs. From a grammatical standpoint, it would be wonderful for me. But most non-binary people do prefer they, them, theirs. I try my best to remember that when I'm talking with or about a non-binary person. But it is difficult because it goes against all of yeah. my understanding of human language. Um, okay, so that's a neo-pronoun. A xenopronoun is essentially pronouns for a made-up character. So if you have an alter personality or if you identify with, let's say, a bunny, your pronouns might be bun and bun self. Or if your alter is a vampire, then your pronouns are vamp and vamp self. <laughs> JB, you look like you need to say what this is. <laughs> This is fuckery. This is all fuckery. Fuckery, fuckery, fuckery. Fuckery. You are hit with the, 20, the first 2020 bomb of fuckery right now. Fuckery. Now, how this came to light is a popular Twitch streamer who goes by Andy VMG recently apologized after jokingly tweeting that her pronouns were bad slash AF. Like bad as fuck. And then her followers were deeply offended and said that she was insulting people who use neo-pronouns and xenopronouns. She wrote this whole mea culpa about how sorry she is. She didn't know about neo-pronouns and xenopronouns yet. Um, apparently, there is tremendous discussion of these things on Reddit and other sites that young people use. And it is mostly young people who are doing this. Um, there are... Members of the trans and non-binary communities who are not happy about these things, and I don't blame them. Uh, Asa Pegler, a 17-year-old trans person, uh, spoke to the New York Times and said, as a trans man, I think neo-pronouns are getting out of hand. He specified that his beef is not with gender-neutral pronouns. Uh, he just feels like elevating objects and animals to human pronouns is dismissive to trans people. Why would anyone want to identify as an object? He wrote in an Instagram message, they dehumanize us as trans people. We are people. We are not objects or animals. So that's why I stated that they are out of hand because they make us look like a bit of a joke. The New York Times says the neo-pronoun community comprises mostly internet naive young, excuse me, internet native young people. I don't even know what that means. And is agile when it comes to facing down criticisms and mockery. One person wrote on Twitter, if you use neo-pronouns, you are extremely valid, and I love you. Another wrote, neo-pronouns are so valid, and if you disagree hard, block me. Um, there will always be people in real life that will have something negative to say, whether it's because they just don't understand or are genuinely a bigot, said Elijah, a neo-pronoun user. They know nothing about your personal experience and have no business policing your identity. Here's my feeling about this. <laughs> and it's a big feeling. And it's a big feeling. Yes, it is fuckery. But more than that, the left, especially the far left, and I consider myself a member of the left, obviously, the left has become obsessed with identity. We are spending far too much time thinking about ourselves. I 
identify as this, and this is my pronoun, and this is my experience, and my trauma, and my this, and my that. All of the focus is on self. There is no focus on our collective community, or not enough of one. There is no focus on what am I doing to help other people and help make the world a better place. It's all about you have to cater to my needs and my preference and my orientation and my gender and my me, 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 me. There used to be an emphasis in society, in American society and in most societies, toward other people. We're here to make life better for other people. There is an incredible selfishness happening. And it's also a huge distraction from very real problems that are happening, like a fascist takeover of our government, which was attempted on January 6th and will be attempted again and again. Like black people being shot in the streets by cops, like trans women getting murdered constantly. These are real issues where we should be spending our time and attention on, not my fucking made up Zeno pronoun because I identify as a bunny. Steve Cesaro, you say what? So this is actually really interesting to me. Um, and I'm kind of, you know, I, it's, it's delicate and sensitive because I kind of take it back to thinking like when trans people were saying, I am trans, I am they, them, there, I am, you know, these are my right. pronouns. So, and I think a similar discussion was have, was being had then of why can't they just be he? Why can't they just be she? There's bigger problems going on. Now, I'm not saying that these are at the same level. They're two completely different levels. Sometimes I think people are totally bored. I also think yes. in this new internet age, there's so many new places where you can go hide in your mind, where you can be these things, where these things become so real that all of a sudden you feel like, you know, your pronouns are bad AF, you know, and that could have been, I know it was a joke, but to somebody that could have been really real. Um, and I kind of go back and forth, like, do we police it to me? I think it's ridiculous and you're just bored and go f get a life, you know, like why? But at the same time, if this person really feels like this is the pronoun that they want to be, you know, use, and it's not harming anybody, and to your point of adding to the world, and they're still being a good citizen, they're still, you know, fighting fascism, they're still, you know, voting against Trump, and it doesn't really do anything to us, and it doesn't hurt us, then does it matter? Is it worth the discussion? The problem is, in my experience, and I don't want to paint all non-binary people with the same brush. They're as diverse as everybody else. But in my experience, the people who use they, them, theirs, they spend an awful lot of their time talking about their pronouns. Yeah. And your pronouns are important to you. They're not really important to anyone else. Yeah, I would agree. They're, they're just not. And they don't need to be because we have really important shit going on. Yeah. So while I respect all people of all identities, and I will try my hardest to use the pronoun you prefer. If I don't, you don't need to spend a week talking about it. Just correct me, let me know, and then like move on to something that really matters yeah. to, to the world because your pronouns don't. And I just, and I do think there's a lot of really uh, lonely people out there, especially young people who are just trying yeah. to get attention and create uh, a, dis you know, get followers and create a discussion and a dialogue and find community yeah. and that's fine. But again, you're not really helping anyone but yourself when you engage in this level of minutia yeah. when it comes to identity. I just think we need to get our heads out of ourselves and look at like, because if, if, if we lose the right to vote or to elect our own leaders, it's not going to matter what your fucking pronouns are. When we're living in a fascist police state and there are MAGA people patrolling the streets with machine guns and red hats, and if you don't agree with them, you're dead. You're going to be sorry that you spent this much time arguing that people call you vamp and vamp self. I'm, that's just the way it is. Yeah. The Handmaid's Tale is coming, and we're steeped in esoteric bullshit. I would almost uh, reference your, your, uh, your slip and calling it naive instead of native. It's yeah. kind of a, a little naive to not look at the bigger picture. Um, Which is normal for yeah. young people too. Yeah, and I think almost in, and this is like my protective self and wanting everyone to be happy. Um, you know, it's like, be who you want to be, so you want to be, but let it go. Like, if someone doesn't agree with you, okay, fine, let it go. Right, and if they get their your pronouns wrong, it's not because they're trying to hurt you. Yeah. In most cases, no, I think most people aren't harmful. They enough. just yeah. they're not thinking about you. Yeah.
Sometimes, they're not that important. And, and it goes also, which is, it's horrible to say, but I, you know, I'm a, a product of, you know, a white passing person is like privilege. You know, we have the privilege to say, I'm a he, I, you have the privilege to say, you're, sure. you know, so with these people that could potentially in their naive, very lonely lives, just be so lost that they don't know what they are yet. So they're just grasping at anything where they right. be V vamp or, you know, whomever. Um, I just want it to be easy. <laughs> Can life be easy? <laughs> yeah, well, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I just think we. The last thing I'll say again is I just think we need to focus on the collective we. Yeah. Instead of the singular I. Isn't that why they're saying that the Democratic Party keeps losing? Is yes. Because Republicans know who they are, and even if they know they're wrong, they will embrace who they are. Yes. And Democrats. They act are still as like... one, and they vote as one, yeah. and we don't. We yeah. sit here eating each other alive. And, and and going after each other instead of going after the very real, serious yeah. threat on the other side of the aisle. Yeah. Um, well, a great example of this is in California, two teachers have been suspended after a recording of them discussing a gay-straight uh, student alliance in their school came to light. Uh, their names are Lori Caldera and Kelly Baraki. They are award-winning teachers, middle school teachers in Salinas Valley. And they were at a teacher's conference at the California Teachers Association. This was months ago. And they had a talk. They were, they were giving a talk where there were 40 other teachers in attendance. The attendees were asked not to record the conversation, but of course someone did. And it led to, it was leaked to this transphobic bitch named Abigail Schreier. She wrote a 2022 book called Irreversible Damage, The Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters. Um, and she took these recordings and wrote an article on November 18th entitled How Activist Teachers Recruit Kids. Now, again, these teachers were not – they were only talking about gay-straight student alliances in their schools and basically how to do outreach, how to let students know that this club is here if you need it. They're not recruiting anyone, not that that's even possible. But Schreier, this transphobic author – Details how the teachers said they used their abilities to monitor student web searches in order to invite students who might have questions about their gender or sexual identities. Her article went viral on conservative social media. And four days after it was published, published readers complained to the school district. The district placed the teachers on administrative leave and started an investigation into their actions. This is happening all over. These right-wing groups like... Um, What's that one? The Ver Veritas, Project Veritas. They, oh, they, they basically go around recording people, um, progressive people, and then try to use it against them. And almost always their recordings are edited or altered in some way, so you're not getting the full picture. You know what's interesting to me is, is you know, especially the right, they always say, you know, free speech for me. Right. Not for you. Exactly. You know, and, and it's sort of like, all right, so... I guess the big thing that I hear in, in this thing is, is, you know, recruiting. And I always hate it because I'm like, where, first of all, where's the pamphlet? I never got it. Right. I don't know if you did, but I don't know. There's um, a gift basket. Where is my recruiting <laughs> sign-up bonus? Right. This is a recruitment. <laughs> and we're getting free business for it. Where is my free shit? That was that dildo With that a butt was plug. you. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like, why, 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 why is it, like, why can't people on the left – I hate the right or left. It makes it seem like dirty and evil, like I'm watching some Hitler movie, which I know this is becoming very real. Yeah, this is a Hitler close. movie. Um, but it's just, it, you know, we have always existed. Gay people have always existed. I think when I was a kid and I heard, oh, no, be careful. Don't listen to that. Don't don't know this. It was almost taking away a part of language that I wouldn't have had if I hadn't found it in some other place. It's not recruiting. It's just listening to a language that we could all use gay straight by V or them or whatever that gives us language to sort of understand who we are and better live in this societal world. So for the right to say you can't say that, you can't do this in terms of the gay straight alliance, then they're like taking away from language that could be useful to somebody else to help explain and understand who their person is. Well, everything the teachers did was legal, yeah. but the district bowed to conservative pressure and is now holding school board meetings with angry parents who have accused the teachers of, quote, grooming the kids and hiding important details about the GSA from, from uh, the parents. You know, the biggest threat facing us right now as a, as a world, as a planet, aside from uh, global climate change, is misinformation. Yeah. 
information and misinformation is being used as as a weapon so so effectively by the worst people on earth, whether it's lies about the election to lies about the coronavirus vaccine to lies about this, about what teachers are or are not doing, uh, um, critical race theory, which is not being taught in any school in America, has become like the number one campaign issue for Republicans. And basically what they're what they're outraged by is they don't want kids learning about slavery. Yeah. They don't want them learning American history. And they're calling that critical race theory. It's not. It's just history. It's facts. Yeah. But if we don't teach kids about that, then kids aren't going to understand systemic racism or understand how things got to be the way they are in this country. What were you going to say, Steve? I was going to say, have you seen the movie Don't Look Up? On not yet. Oh, okay. You should watch it. it and then we can, we can discuss it. But I think one of the things in uh, Don't Look Up, which is really interesting, is it's a satire based on the times that we're living right now. And they tell everyone the world's ending when no one believes them. Yeah. Did you see it? Uh, I, I was into it. I was into the premise. I started watching. Yeah. I, well, like I like, I love the premise. The premise is good, but to me, is their execution was bad. Yeah, that's how I felt. Oh, I kept my. Like, and I also <laughs> love Leonardo DiCaprio. I think he was a good actor, but like again, I just whoever directed it, just something was lost between the meaning of the movie and what's happening on while I'm watching. Oh, and I totally think that the meaning was there. Like I kept my husband also was like, I don't get it. And he fell asleep. But (laughs) (laughs) there was literally like the satire on, on Fox news. And Mm -hmm. then the scientists are saying, we have the evidence, we have the data, we know what's going on. But then the quote unquote Fox news version on this movie was saying, no, the most important thing is, you know, our sheep taking over the land. Like it was, and it's sort of the same thing here. Now it's like, look over there, you know, look over there, look over there. (laughs) Kind of scary times. All right. I'm going to do quick two, Quick stories, and then we're going to talk to our guest, who I hope is all ready to go, JB. I'm calling, calling them now. Fabulous. Uh, okay, so first of all, great news out of the nation of Chile. Same-sex marriage has been legalized there. Yay. Chile, Ch- uh, Chile's Congress has passed a law to legalize same-sex marriage. This is a milestone for what is a conservative South American nation. It follows a decade-long legal battle. Um The Minister of Social Development, Carla Rubilar, after the vote, said today is a historic day. Our country has approved same-sex marriage, one step forward in terms of justice, in terms of equality, recognizing that love is love. Um, They had an election very recently, a presidential election, and uh, it was on December 19th. They elected a new president, 35-year-old Gabriel Boric, a leftist. Is he really hot? Oh God, he's gorgeous. He will be Chile's youngest ever democratically elected president. Chile has been a conser- has had a conservative reputation, even compared with its uh, deeply Catholic Latin American peers. Still, a strong majority of Chileans now support same-sex marriage, and Chileans have shown signs of moving left on social, social and cultural issues in recent years. You guys, I apologize. I'm on a muscle relaxer for my back, and it's making my mouth very dry. You smoked a lot of pot before you came Not only is my mouth dry, but so is my vagina. Thank you. (laughs) And finally, this happened December 15th, and I know Derek and Romaine talked about it on their show, but a Florida man was kicked off a United Airlines flight after he attempted to fly with a red thong on his face in place of a mask. His name is Adam Jenny. Wait. Like a woman's thong. I feel like this someone did this before. Like this is the first mm-hmm. I hear about someone wearing a thong on their face in place of a mask. Well, he told the NBC affiliate in Florida that he he he's pulled the panties stunt several times on flights in an effort to make a statement. He said, quote, I think the best way to illustrate absurdity is with absurdity. Every single flight has been met with different reactions from the flight crew. Well, the United Airlines flight crew was not amused. He was removed from the flight. They said the customer clearly wasn't in compliance with the federal mask mandate, and we appreciate that our team addressed the issue on the ground prior to takeoff, avoiding any potential disruptions in the air. Uh, Jenny refuses to comply with the mask uh, mandate on planes. He says, I don't wear the mask in the airport at all. He later compared his lawbreaking to the bravery of civil rights icon Rosa Parks. <laughs> this is a white man, right? Yep. Of course. <laughs> You know, there are there are just some things 
bet you just wish like I don't know like common sense to me that sounds wrong don't you think that sounds wrong like how can you not have the human common sense of understanding like sis <laughs> what <laughs> like yeah. don't you got friends to check you isn't someone checking you well the takeaway is do not board a flight with panties on your face Especially if they're not clean. Or compare yourself to Rosa Parks. And do don't not compare yourself slaves. to Rosa Parks. Yeah. Well, she didn't free slaves. That's Harry Tubman. Rosa Parks was the, person, the, the one who refused to. Yes. Okay. All right. Time for a very abrupt change of tone. Our guest today is making her ass <laughs> debut. You may have seen her on Conan, Chelsea Lately, Comedy Central's Lights Out with David Spade, or many of VH1's talking head shows. Here's a taste of the comedy stylings of Julia Rossi. But I, uh, my husband and I, we're not sure if we want kids, so right now we're just doing pull out because whatever, you know. <laughs> I like a surprise, and uh, we're very excited about pull out. Um, too excited. I, uh, and you know, whenever he goes to celebrate on my body, um, <laughs> we clean it up with baby wipes, right? Because that's what they're for, it's in the name, wiping. Potential babies off of you. I'm just like, goodbye, Giovanni, you know? (laughs) So long, Stella. Just, I'm Italian, if you couldn't tell by the names. Um, Parents, very proud of the names, not of that joke at all. I, um... And please give a warm-ass welcome to Julia Rossi. Julia... The studio audience is going crazy for you. Oh, my God. You know what's up? You want to hear a fun fact about that joke that you played? Tell me. Uh, when I did that, that, and I didn't know that I was pregnant. Shut up. Isn't that fun? And my daughter's name is Stella. So my daughter's name is from the jizz joke. She's named after that. sperm. She's named after my jizz joke. Yeah. <laughs> Julia, it's so good to talk to you. We haven't seen each other in years. No. Uh, I adore you. I adore you. Where are you talking to us from? I'm in Los Angeles. In what uh, neighborhood do you live in? Uh, my address is... Uh, <laughs> Give no, us I'm everything. In, <laughs> I'm in Eagle Rock, which is uh, northeast Los Angeles. Very, very cute neighborhood for families. Nice. Um, Shout yeah. out to Eagle Rock. You told yeah. that hilarious joke that we just played on Conan. Yes. Which aired on TBS. And what our listeners can't don't know is that you're actually wiping imaginary cum off your face and body as you're telling the joke. I was thrilled that it got on television. I'm shocked. Well, it's not network. And for years, I have been trying to get, uh, for anyone who's a comedian who's listening, like, you try to get a tape for late night, but I always struggled with making it, like, you know, you can't talk about sex. You can't talk about drugs. You can't talk. Like, there's so many rules right. to network late night. And so when Conan approved a jizz joke, I mean, I was like, this is I, I this is the greatest achievement of my life. I was it's, surprised. Because, yeah. I mean, basic cable. But TBS, you think of as very wholesome and family friendly. And whenever yeah. I watch late night comics on, you know, Kimmel or any of those shows, I'm always like, they're not funny because they, they're not letting them say anything. And yeah, so, I mean, and your set yeah. was hilarious. Oh my God, thank you. Very funny. So let's start with the basics about you. You okay. spell your first name G-I-U-L-I-A. <laughs> I love that that is the part. Yeah. That's the most important thing about you. Does it bother you that that is almost Giuliani? Oh yeah. I mean, phones autocorrect it all the time. Um, and, you know, he's ruined the name. <laughs> Uh, but it's fine. And you're the only Julia I know who spells it with a G. Well, in, in your circle, but you do a Google search and there are many of us in Italy, mostly. Right. Julia Rossi is actually. Are your parents, uh, were they born in Italy? They were both born in Italy, but they met in America. And yeah. So when you were growing up, were you constantly having to correct people that called you Gulia and all kinds of shit? Yeah. yeah. Still, I mean, it's better now because uh, I think people, I don't know, they care more now. <laughs> Everyone's so careful with their words. Yes. Uh, you know, if you call me Guglia, I'll, I'll write a think piece about it. But uh, <laughs> no, um, I mean, please, Italians are the last to get any respect. But um, uh, yeah, I've been called Guglia my whole life. 
And then I've been told like, oh, your name's spelled wrong. You know, all those fun things. Yeah. I mean, I, I, my last name is Sank, which to me is fairly simple. It looks like it sounds, but people are constantly getting it wrong and they think it's Shank or Shanky or Sanks. It's really a struggle. Sanka. You know? Life really is hard. Yeah, it is. I just hope there's some sort of, you know. <laughs> Support um, group for Julia's with a G. Yeah, telethon, a GoFundMe for <laughs> all the times I've been called Gulia. I'll start one. Yeah. <laughs> now, I knew you when you were a New York City girl. Yes. A Brooklyn girl. Yes. When did you actually make the move out to L.A., and what made you do such a thing? Well, I actually started comedy in L.A. forever ago. Mm. So I was, yeah, so I was here for three years, like fresh out of college, didn't, know, didn't even know I, I was going to do comedy, kind of fell into it. And then I moved to New York um, and really got my ass kicked. Like, I feel like it was just, it was like comedy boot camp, and I, I tried to quit a bunch of times. Um, and then I ended up moving back here in 2018 because my husband got a, my now husband got a job, but I had been wanting to move back here for a while. I felt very burnt out by New York. I just kind of felt like I had kind of done everything I could do. I mean, things are a little bit different there now, but I feel like right around the time I left, you know, like I, like, as you said in my intro, like I had done every talking head show. I had had every, I'd had God knows how many meetings with MTV and I'm like, Hey, I'm old. Like there's, we're never going to work together. You know, like it's, I just, I kind of hit a wall. And so I moved here in 2018 and, uh, but I miss New York. Well, it, what's interesting is when I think of all the women I used to have headline my therapy show, mm -hmm. it was like you and Lisa Landry and, um, so many like really hilarious, talented women who all moved to LA and like they left New York. Except for Buteau. Well, Buteau, yes. She's here when she's not out in L.A. filming something. And, yes. uh, and Ophira is still here. Yes. Ophira Eisenberg. But everybody else fled to L.A. I could not live there. I hate L.A. and I hate the people who live there. No really? offense to my listeners who live there. I love you guys. I, I love it here. I, I, well, I love my circle of people. I, I can't, a lot of people moved around the same time as me. So Bernadette Pauly. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just an easier way of living. I miss my family. I miss the East Coast. I'm from Boston. I'm an East Coast person, like tried and true, um, you know, but I have a washer and dryer in my home. I have a home, you know, that I live in, a house with a yard. Like that's That is really, nice. It's hard to give up. But we've we've toyed with the idea of like, do we move back to New York and live in Westchester? I don't know what to do. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess there's advantages and disadvantages to both. I just, I hate driving. I hate sitting in traffic. I hate being 20 miles away from the nearest thing. Do you know? Like, I'm so spoiled yeah. by my neighborhood where I just have everything. My barber is around the corner. My laundromat's around the corner. My, you I know, like all the restaurants I eat at are on Ninth Avenue, right where I live. Yeah, I get it. But you get more space and a yard and you don't have rats gnawing their way into, I mean, I assume gnawing their way into oh, your home. God. The amount of times in New York that uh, like a plastic bag would float by my feet and I would jump thinking it was a rat or a cockroach. Like that to me was like typical New York living. It was like a plastic bag going by me going, ah, and thinking it was an animal um, or making the mistake of wearing sandals and then it would Ugh. rain and I'd be like, oh, now my feet have an STD, you know, right. like just covered in sludge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it is a dirty city and it's especially filthy right now because because of COVID, all these sanitation workers are out sick. So no one's picking Ooh. up the trash and then it snowed no. it snowed no. the night before last. So it's now like a mountain of snow on top of a mountain of trash. <laughs> oh God. Those are the days I think. Maybe I could Good live luck. in LA. I know. Julie, you yeah, once but then LA is like the Go ahead. I was gonna say the homelessness here is uh, an epidemic. It's out of so control. It's grass is always greener. Yeah. yeah, it's grass is always greener everywhere. You once wrote and performed a show called Bad Bride, uh, mm -hmm. in which you talked about the pressure on women to get married. Um, and you really felt yes. that pressure in terms of getting married to your first husband, right? Yes. Uh, lovely human. Still adore him. It was just a situation that I think we were more friends than partners. Um, but definitely was like felon. And I don't even, you know, I consider myself pretty 
self-aware, you know, I was a sociology major, you know, like all the things. And I still felt that like, oh, I'm almost 30. I should get married to this guy. This will make me settled. And it'll at least be something I achieved, you know, something I checked off the list. And I was only married a year, but I like walked down that aisle knowing I, I was going to get divorced. It was such a Was that the worst years. feeling in the world? Oh, yeah. I was I was drinking all the time. I was uh, like eating all the time. I was just so unhealthy. Like every photo of me from those that era of my life, I'm just I know I'm really sad. Uh, and I just I was so unhealthy and mentally, physically and just I mean, I hate to use this example, but it's not the same, but I did sort of feel like I was a gay person forcing myself to go to conversion camp because I was living in New York. I was, you know, trying to pursue comedy. And then I like kind of flipped out a few years into moving to New York and was like, I can't do this. I want to be quote unquote normal. I made my boyfriend propose. I made him move to the suburbs of Boston with me into an apartment my dad owned. And I just kind of was like, look at me, I'm going to plan a wedding. But then I started like going back to New York to visit my old life and being really wild and inappropriate. Um, and so it was like, I was trying to convert myself into quote unquote, like a normal girl. Right. Talk, that, like, talking lived. yourself into this life yeah. that and you didn't it actually was, want. And it never works. It's, it was just so much evidence to me that like denying who you really are. It, it, it's not sustainable, put it that way. Like some people can really fake it, but you know, whenever you see like news stories about like politicians that like come out having a, a gay lover or like a secret fetish life or like whatever it is, I don't know what people, but it's like, yeah, of course it's not sustainable. It's oh, the truth will always come out. So how long after you, that marriage ended, did you meet and get together with your current husband? I, so my marriage ended, the plan was to be super single, ended up falling, ended up <laughs> um, dating my one night stand, my rebound one night stand. Oh, I love that. Uh, no, I was with him for four years and oh. I think you might've even met him. He was like a, he was a personal trainer, but he was also a pathological liar. Oh dear. Um, and so I, I, it, the way the story should have gone if we were writing the script was get divorced, have a wild time, then get married again. But instead what happened, it was get divorced, get into immediately into another relationship because I don't know how to be alone. Right. And then uh, when I broke up with him finally and moved out of his mom, out of living with him and his mom, um, I like committed to a year of singlehood and like made up for lost time. And <laughs> God, it was the best. It was the Best. Lots of There's sex. No, I mean, all I can say is be, being a 35-year-old woman uh, who is going up to men of all ages, mostly younger, and being like, I don't want, I don't want to date you. I don't want to be in a relationship with you. I just have always wanted to have sex with you. And they're like, what's the catch? And you're like, literally nothing. Uh, That's hot. Steve, uh, you would go home with someone who used that line <laughs> on you, right? Probably. I mean, Hi, that's Steve. like a, I don't know who you are, but hello. Hi. Let's, uh, that's a gay man's dream come true. It really is. Well, it was funny because then a lot of the guys ended up being a little bit more attached. You know what I mean? Because I think they were like, wait, come on. Anyways, uh, and then it was after that year that I met um, my current husband. I don't know what to call him. Current seems like it might not be right. forever, but uh, my, my, sec my husband, my second husband, uh, I, I met him, you know, we actually started dating like right at the end of that year. So like I, I, I did the whole year and what I fell in love with him about was that he was a huge slut his whole life. Mm -hmm. he, he had never had a girlfriend. And so he's also a comedian. So like one of our first hangouts, who is he started, his name's Will Miles. Okay. Um, he was in New York. He took over Hannibal Burris's knitting factory show. Yes. And, and hosted that for, I think, three or four years. Um, he was only in New York for about five years, I think. But uh, so you might have kind of passed each other. Um, but I just loved it because our first, like one of our first dates was us just listing every comedian we had slept with just mm -hmm. to kind of make sure, I don't know, just to be like upfront and honest. And it was like we were Oh, here you guys are. I just Google imaged both of you. He's super cute. 
Yeah, we hosted a podcast for a while called Hopefully We Don't Break Up, where we interviewed other couples. And um, yeah, we just, we have so much fun together. Like we still do. And we just had a baby last Congratulations. year. Congratulations. Yes. Boy or girl. We had, a, we had a pandemic baby. And I don't know. It's just. Uh, What's the baby's yeah, name? I, baby Stella. Oh, right. You just told us that. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. The Stella the Italian baby. Yes, tell the Italian just joke baby. Um, that's her middle name. Um, the Italian Stella just joke, just joke Miles. Yeah, it was really funny because my husband's mom, my mother-in-law, uh, texted me after she watched Conan like the day I did it. She was like, "Congrats! Now give me a grandchild." And I was like, "Oh, lol!" And then like literally a week later, was like, "Okay." That's crazy. I read yeah. an interview with you in the Washington Post uh, in which you said that. Being alone is the worst part about being single and the best part about being single. Yes. And that really resonated with me and I'm sure millions of others. I'm, you know, I'm six months into the first real relationship I've had in 10 years. Congrats. Thank you. And I love being with him and I love, especially when I have to go somewhere that I have someone to go with me, like to mm -hmm. family stuff or to even just going to a party, you know? But there, there are times, and I, I know he feels this way too, where I just want to spend an evening by myself watching TV. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a tricky thing. My therapist, I've probably shared this on every podcast I've done in the past year, but it, something that really resonated with me, uh, my therapist about a year ago, she had just also had a child and we were kind of uh, talking about, you know, the, the positives and negatives of this new life, right? And she said something to me that like really put my soul at ease about everything. She said, with every choice comes grief. Mm. So literally no matter what you choose in life, you're oh, it's okay and it's natural to grieve the opposite. So you're in a relationship, you're gonna grieve being single. You're single, you grieve not being in a relationship. You live in LA, you grieve New York. Right. You stay in, you know, you're, you have a kid, you grieve having a child. You choose Chinese, you grieve the pizza, you know, like, like you're always going to, if you allow space to grieve the the thing you don't have, and it, and it's not like complaining about it, but it's acknowledging like, oh, now that I've chosen this, I don't have this. Right. And that like really settled my soul in so many ways. That's a really important lesson, I think, for people to learn. That yeah. there's always grief and there's always loss when you give something up, but that doesn't mean that you can't be that you can't find joy in your whatever your current situation is. Yeah, and I think like honestly, I mean honestly, talking about it with you know if it's if it's a relationship thing, if it's like hey, I miss my alone time, or I miss I don't know being with other people, or whatever it is that you miss about maybe your single life. I think just having the conversation with your partner can really put a lot of stuff at ease. Cause I know, again, one of the things I really love about my husband was that we've, you know, we're very like realistic where we're like, I don't know, maybe one day we'll want to be with other people. Like, but just talking about it almost fulfills the desire. Yes. If that makes any sense. I totally like, do. I think like, when you, when you give voice to your feelings and your thoughts, you're you're already solving like 90% of your own struggle mm -hmm. just by giving voice just by like letting the person know or letting someone know like hey here's what's on my mind yeah like I keep saying to my husband like I really want to go away for a night without the two of you I want to like get a hotel room alone I want to like order room service I want to do it he's like okay cool and yet I haven't done it yet because I, I don't even know that I really want to. Like, I just, I, I miss the, the opportunity to do so a little bit. Right. But he's like, do what you got to do. And I'm like, oh, okay. I don't even know if I want it anymore. Exactly. All right, Julie, in the time remaining, it's time to play everyone's favorite at-home quiz show, Ask Me No Questions. Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. Yeah. What's a grammatical error you hear all the time that drives you insane? Oh, I don't know. Uh, my parents make them all the time because they're immigrants. Right. So, uh, 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 grammatical error. Um, oh, God. Uh, oh, this, is, this is so hard. Um, you can pass. I'll pass. I'll come back to it. Mine is, he had went to the store. People have lost the ability to conjugate past perfect. 
uh, tense. And instead of saying he had gone, they say he had went. I hear it all the time on reality shows, and it makes me want to kick the TV. Uh, I mean, I was just going to say the overuse of the word queen. Yes, queen. <laughs> but that's not a grammatical error. Yes, that's queen. Just... Uh, yeah, say like... something Say something sexy to us in Italian. Oh, uh, voglio... Oh, I'm trying to be better at Italian. Uh, mi piace una bicchiere di l'acqua. What's that mean? I like a glass of water. That is so sexy. <laughs> I'm, I'm hard. I'm actually erect. <laughs> Julia, is it true that you once shat in a Tupperware container? A hundred percent. And why? Why did that happen? Uh, I was living in Greenpoint. The toilet was clogged. We didn't have a plunger. My uh, ex went out to get a plunger, but Greenpoint, there's areas of Greenpoint that aren't very close to like a deli. So mm -hmm. he was gone for a while. I had already had coffee. Need <laughs> I say more? So I hovered over the tub and shat in the Tupperware and then... And then, like, wrapped it in, like, a thousand bags to put in the garbage because I didn't want someone to find it and think it was, like, cake or something. And then I just came home and my boyfriend was like, what'd you do? Because I looked so guilty, but, like, I can't hold it. Like when the dog shits on the rug, the, do the look yes. that the dog gives you. That is so that horrifying, and yet I could totally see myself doing it. I thought you were going to say I could totally see you doing it. Yeah. I mean, let's <laughs> no, be honest. No, you saying to me, I could totally see you doing that, Julia. <laughs> What is your least favorite sex act? Anal. You don't like it. Sorry. Oh, God. I tried it. Tried it twice. I mean, I just told you about my my bowels. You know? It's, it's an acquired I'm taste. Really... I didn't like anal sex. I didn't like getting anal sex for, like, the first five years I was out of the closet. It took me a while. But when you yeah. finally find someone who's the right size and shape and knows what they're doing, it can feel pretty amazing. For a I man, anyway. Only... I, a finger is fine. I, yeah. I'm not, I, ass play is great, but my, for me personally, and I don't know if this is offensive to anyone, but my feeling is I got a perfectly good area Hole. in the front, yeah. you know, do we have Self to Self-moistening. I get yes. it. If I had a vagina, I don't think I would ever have anal sex, but who knows? Yeah. Who knows? What's the most disgusting thing a man has ever said to you? Oh, I don't know if this is the most disgusting, but it's the only one I can remember right now because I think I've blocked them all out. But like last year, my husband and I went to a pet store and our baby started crying. And I was like, oh, well, we should probably go. I think she's hungry. And then the guy at the pet store like nudged my husband and went, <laughs> I bet we both are. Am I right? And I was like, oh, my what? God. About my tits. Yeah. <laughs> what did your husband say? Well, he's like, he just kind of laughed, like, he went, huh? and like, we just walked away because we didn't, I, it was so, we were so taken aback and it was like the pandemic. We had like face shields on, you know, like there was yeah, nothing. But he still had to be creepy happening. and salacious about your tits. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's the sexiest part of a man's body? Ooh. Okay. I don't know if this is necessarily going to be considered sexiest part of their body, but I like it when a man has on a big sweatshirt, like a hoodie, hmm. and I can like nuzzle, I kind of like burrow my face in there like a dog. <laughs> Is that, that's not sexy. That's sexy. No, I, I get it. That's really cute. You like being like, blanketed by him. Yes. Like when my husband wears a hoodie, like not with a zipper because that'll hurt my face, right. but like a, a over the head hoodie, mm -hmm. I burrow in there and then I slip a hand down below and I'm mm. just kind of like. Hold on to the penis while I burrow my face. I, I'm sure men love this. I think they uh, do. I would love it. Absolutely. <laughs> and finally, Julia, your greatest wish for 2022. Oh, man. Uh, I guess my greatest wish for 2022 is that we can... Uh, I'm not going to say go back to normal, but that we can go back to something better than before. Amen. Julia, how can people follow you online? Uh, it's Julia Rossi with a G on Twitter, Ms. MS Julia Rossi on Instagram because the Italian Julia Rossi took it, the, the full name. And uh, JuliaRossi.com is my website. Thank you so much. I love you. Best wishes Thank to you. you and to Will and Stella. And we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, bye. Stephen JB, plug yourself. Cub Mexi on Insta and S. Cesaro Medina on Facebook. You can follow me only at StackingAnarchy12 on Instagram. Thank you both so much. Thank you, Julia Rossi. We are back again next week with Steve co-hosting and our special guest, TBD.
I love that guest. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merch at adamsank.com. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Insta at adamsank and on TikTok at adamsankofficial. Email me your dick pics at adam at adamsank.com. Have a great week, bitches. Bye. Bye. That was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs>